Hello and welcome to uh, the second episode of Casual and the Diehards, uh, the NBA check-in podcast on this fine podcast channel. We are about 10 games deep into the NBA season, so I thought I would reconvene my guest, uh, my guest panel of experts here to talk some NBA, talk about some of the trends we're seeing uh, throughout the league, and uh, just look forward to the next uh, 10 games. Our next episode, I was looking at the schedule right before we jumped on, will probably, I think, be around maybe a week before Christmas, uh, because that, that seems like about the next 10 game mark. And of course, a lot of people consider the true start of the NBA season to be around Christmas. So that seems like a good point to check in. Then I'm joined today by Ethan Pierce of the Utah Daily Chronicle. And now in the midst of his busiest time of year covering both Utah men's basketball and the end of Utah football season, Aramis Hicks and our good friend, Audrey Nations. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Hope all is well. Let's just get into this here. We have one, two, three, four, five sections today. Plus, we'll do some predictions for maybe some of the games later tonight and on Monday and Tuesday. Let's start with segment one. Where are we emotionally? 10 games through the season. I'd just like to do a little bit of check-in on where we're at with the teams we root for throughout the NBA. And why don't we start with you, Aramis? How are you feeling 10 games into the NBA season? I'm not going to lie. Um... I've been having a lot of fun this season, man. I've been entertained by a lot of the teams who I thought were going to just flat out suck, man. God bless our Lord and Savior, Paulo Bencaro, has come through to raise up the Orlando Magic. From, I mean, they're still losing, getting their ass whipped. But, man, he's so much fun to watch. So, I mean, that's the most exciting thing for me this season. All the teams I thought would suck are doing actually pretty good and pretty entertaining. So, that's where I'm at so far. Absolutely, but Magic have been up and down. They lose a lot of games, but yes, Paulo Banchero is out here. What? He, he's averaging close to 26 points per game, I think was the last number I saw. I believe so. Yeah, so that, that, that is, that's some really good play from the young rookie. I mean, it's not just Paolo Barrancaro, too. They've got Franz Wagner coming in. They have a bunch yeah, of young guys, rookies, second, third-year players, and they're they're gluing it together. The Magic went from unwatchable to extremely entertaining in about a season and a half, and I think their ceiling is very, very high. I'm excited Magic could do it right. Their young right. core is very impressive. They, they got guys who know how to play basketball. I love their coach, Jamal Mosley. Magic have been – they're putting it together, and they're doing it the right way. They're losing a ton of games, but at least they're fun to watch. They're going to get another lottery pick. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Jalen Suggs, he's probably my guy on that team. I, I enjoy watching him quite a bit. He's had a few good performances this year, and he's coming into his own in his second year in the league. Ethan, it's been an up-and-down year so far for the Warriors, but a few big wins recently over the past few days. How are you feeling about uh, the Warriors, there's obviously been a ton of drama around them. They are kind of the one of the bigger stories in the NBA right now. But they have that back and forth game yep. where I believe they, they beat Cleveland, right? 
They um, did. That's a big win for them. Cleveland's looked very good this year. How are you feeling about the Warriors? Uh, I know there, there's been some questions about the bench and some of the depth yeah. on the team, but how are you feeling now that we're about 10 games into the season? So my thing with Golden State, the 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 core of their stars have earned enough respect to fight through a cold start to the season. This is not necessarily unexpected, uh, given that what we know about how the summer went for them um, with, you know, the, the drama right before the year started with the with the locker room, the punch and all that stuff. Uh, Clay Thompson didn't really play all summer because he was he was you know scared of getting himself re injured after he tore his Achilles scrimmaging a couple of summers ago. And, uh, you know, coming off the championship, this team is full of veterans. Makes sense that they'd kind of start the year off slowly. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about the bench. You know, they've kind of started to to not play a lot of the young guys as much recently, and that's led to wins, which is slightly concerning. They're kind of getting back into it. Steph Curry is the best basketball player I've ever seen with my own two eyes, and so he's going to carry this team uh, when it comes down to it. I think they'll be fine by the time the playoffs roll around. Uh, they just kind of got some stuff to figure it out. But but like you mentioned, they've been playing better recently, and, and I feel good about the direction the team is going. As you should, honestly. I mean, like you said, they have the championship pedigree. They have the – like, they, they have nothing but, you know, like pay, they, they should have nothing but patience and, and understanding from the fan base. I mean, literally defending champions, you know, four titles in the last however many years. Like, yep. yeah, they're, they're going to – it's going to be bumpy. They lost a couple bench guys. Gary Payton notably is out. Gary Payton the second, that is the – not the old man, Gary Payton. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, they're going to be, they're going to be just fine. I, I agree with that. They're going to be fine for sure. Aramis, any thoughts on, on the Warriors here moving forward? Oh man, I'm not really worried about them. They're going to, I mean, there's a lot of rough starts going on in the season for teams that we know are going to end up being around and they're around there in the end towards the end. So Golden State is definitely not a team I classify as worrisome. They definitely have a chance to get right to the next five games are kind of up and down. Their toughest opponent by far is the Suns on Wednesday, uh, but they play the Kings tonight, then the Spurs, then the Knicks and the Rockets over the next five games with Phoenix in there on Wednesday, as previously mentioned. You could see them putting together a little bit of a run here, and especially if they won that Phoenix game on Wednesday night, you would feel like they're they're pretty much back in the mix uh, of yeah. where of where they're expected to be. And I think they've got that Phoenix game circled on their calendar. Um, that's kind of been a rivalry the past couple of years, and and the last time they matched up early in the season didn't go super well. So I, I think Golden State will be up for that game. I think they'll win. How are we feeling about the San Antonio Spurs, Audrey? I mean, what 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 is there to say about the Spurs? I don't know. I mean, we're a rebuilding team. Um, young core. They've they've been winning a lot more games uh, than I really thought. You know, it's like it's it, in on one hand, it's exciting, sure, but I I want Victor Wembanyama. I I want him. Um, I I think there's, I mean, there's always a case to be made for tanking if you're not going to make the the playoffs or if you're not going to make a deep run in the playoffs. But especially this year with a what seems to be a, a world-class draft talent i mean you literally had Giannis antetokounmpo saying today unprompted that he's going to be a that when is going to be a big problem because he can, he's taller than rudy gobert he can block shots like rudy gobert but he shoots like kd and like and all the evidence so far has suggested that that's absolutely true 
So I want him on my squad. Um, so the Spurs need to start losing some games. They're back down to 10th, which is good. Um, but they were up there at the beginning of the season, which feels weird to root against them. But I want Victor Wembayana on one of my teams. And it looks like the Jazz are going to make a fucking title run. So it's not going to be them. Um, so I, I want them there. I mean, as far as like off the court stuff, you know, I've been, I, I honestly, all the stuff with Josh Primo, uh, for those who are listening, who aren't aware, who may not be as diehard NBA fans, uh, San Antonio had a 20 year old second year player named Josh Primo, who was unceremoniously and unexpectedly cut from the team, uh, last week, I believe, or maybe two weeks ago now, time flies, um, with no explanation, no further recourse. He issues a statement via his attorney to ESPN so something's up and then we come to find out later that there are multiple instances of him allegedly exposing himself uh without consent to a number of Spurs staffers and also allegedly some hotel staffers in Minnesota um and was dismissed from the team uh however the the uh the counselor for the team uh that that Primo exposed himself to is suing the Spurs saying that they knew about this for a long time and didn't do anything about it. Um, I think more details are going to emerge as we go through, but if that's true and the Spurs, you know, were covering it up, I'm extremely disappointed in the org and it definitely ruins some of what I consider to be a pretty flawless reputation as an org for, for handling stuff, especially as serious as this. Yeah, uh, obviously something to keep an eye on there in San Antonio. We'll get to some of those other <laughs> stories as well in one of our later segments entitled uh the news where we take a look at some off-court stuff that's been happening because of course there has been a lot of that in the nba this year to me of course the utah jazz wow i mean to say i didn't see this coming would be yeah i did not see this coming uh 10 and 4 14 games into the season, looking very good. They're in the middle of a really tough road trip right now, though. I think they're going to lose to Philadelphia tonight. But that being said, I mean, I, I don't even know if they're going to lose to Philadelphia. They haven't I, been playing so great without Harden, and the Jazz are un, remarkably good to playing together despite never having played on the same team and having a first year coach. Remarkable. Here's what I think about the Jazz. And I've thought this since really that Minnesota game, which was in Minnesota, which was game two. Do they look great right now? Do they look like world beaters? Yes. But ultimately what this team is going to be is a fringe playoff team that's going to win like 42 to 45 games and probably lose in five or six games in the second round of the playoffs after making uh, uh, an upset in the first round to one of the top two or three seeds. Uh, honestly, but, that's probably, I think that's probably more than what they're going to get. Aramis, do you, what do you think about that? I, th- I feel like that's probably an over-projection. I think they're going to come down to earth here in the next couple months and end up in like the 10th or 11th spot. But... I, think, I think they're a playoff team, but I don't see a first round win. The West is too deep. No. Too deep. Uh, I mean, they look really good. I, I think they could win a playoff series. I mean, they've beaten every almost every contender they've played in the West thus far this season. I understand that there are concerns in a seven-game series, but they don't have the defensive limitations they have with Rudy Gobert. They 
play like a team defensive is... limitations <laughs> bring him bring him down to earth aramis i'm sorry okay. of all things to criticize rudy gobert she asked for defensive limitations is well they can defend the perimeter now it's not going to be well that it's... wasn't gobert's fault yeah they... what <laughs> They got and perimeter defenders now. What, that's two tie DPOY. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah. Go ahead. Pin that on Mitchell yeah. if you want, but not Rudy. All right, man. So, like, why? So, my question for you as the biggest just for here: Why do the organization hate y'all as fans? Because Jesus Christ, they're gonna go and be the exact same team that you hated. They just hustled for a few more loose balls, and now you're all the way in again. Laurie Mark and they're gonna come and save the team. They play like defense. They play defense. They didn't play defense last year. Three-time defensive player of the year winner didn't play defense on the team. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Nah, you know he didn't. He, he, he got he cooked. He really on. did. Just statistically, <laughs> he absolutely did. He got cooked on the perimeter constantly, and they couldn't defend wings in the playoffs. They're going to be able to defend wings in the playoffs now. I don't know, man. I remember hearing a stat by one of my friends in this call saying he was the one of the best perimeter defenders in the league a couple of years back. So I don't know what else he's saying. Uh, I don't know. It's just, I agree with you on the sentiment. The Jazz are going to come back to earth and they're going to be, I mean, I, I think they could be in the playoffs. I think they're going to get bounced in the first round. But like, is that what you want? Is, do you want the same team that you've had for the past few years, just kind of making it to the playoffs and then getting blown out by 30 when they get there? Like, No, of what, course not. But they're not, but they're obviously not going to get the first overall pick. They've won too many games already. I, I mean, I just yeah. think here, here, here's the thing. We It's time to uh, remind the listeners of the title of this podcast uh, <laughs> being the casual and the diehards, because Eric, I think is, is exposing himself as a little bit of a casual, right? Yeah, now. That, that, that is definitely true. That's all I'm going to say. You know, I, I just like the jazz. I just, uh, you know, I, I like, I think it. we've already covered exposing ourselves on the podcast with this first segment, so we can move forward, but um, I think Eric, uh, I, th- I think that's absolutely right. I think it's, uh, it's not, it's not a reasonable assessment. The jazz, the jazz will come down to earth. And even if they don't, I think, I think y'all are right. I mean, there's a reason that people are making memes about, uh, about the GM being so upset that y'all are winning games. Like it's time to lose. It's time to get Victor. And I don't think they've won too many games already, but if they keep this up, yeah, you're right. They're going to end up in the play in and get bounced first round. Get I bounced. almost I, for it. I almost guarantee within the next five games, the worst they'll go is five and five. The, because the schedule gets easier. They put they, this has been the hardest part of their schedule. This this Here, here's the thing about the Jazz. Right now. They they have too many veterans to be a truly bad team. Right. Like even if they blow it up at the deadline, like like say you trade away like Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson, like you're they I, I assume they want to hold on to marketing and Colin Sexton and, and you know some of the like you know 24 to 25 26 year old players like younger but not like true vets right now right I'd assume they want to hold on to some of those guys yeah. they're still going to be better than the worst they're not on uh, on a Rockets level they're not on a Lakers level they're not a Pistons Charlotte Hornets Magic the Jazz are, are in a tier above that okay Let's move on to our next segment here, which kind of ties into the Jazz a little bit because I don't think anyone really saw this start coming for them. Uh, Hand up, something that we were wrong about or that has surprised us thus far in the NBA season. We'll start with you, Ethan. What's what's been something that you thought you were really confident in preseason 
and you were just surprised how how it, it's turned out through the first 15 games here. Yeah, I'll tell you a team that has really surprised me, another Western Conference team, will go with the Portland Trailblazers. Um, I saw them as a play-in team around a ninth or a tenth seed in the Western Conference preseason. So far, they've blown that out of the water. Like, you know, it's still early, but they're nine and four right now. They look great. They have so much depth. They have a lot of wings. They're, they're not even fully healthy. We mentioned Gary Payton the second. He hasn't even played yet. Um, you know, their rotation is, is really, really deep. They're about 12 or 13 deep. They're, they're built like a playoff team that's going to win a lot of games. Um, they've got a lot of quality wings. Playing great right now. And the Blazers are above where I had projected them to be. Yeah they've had a really good year and it, it, it's surprised because you think of the Blazers, obviously for my seat as more of a casual fan, you think about guys like, Oh, it's kind of just Dame and everyone else, but they've had some really good contributors that Jeremy Grant has had a really, really good season and they run about three or four guys deep. And it does look like they can be a team that sticks around and makes noise within the Western conference during the regular season. I don't know if they quite have the depth to keep up with some of these big guns in the West in the playoffs, but they, they certainly look like a very uh, interesting team. Let me just throw mine out here really quick. And then we just. Uh, the Indiana Pacers, I did not see this coming. Um, they are, I know they're 500. But they're an incredibly fun basketball team to watch. Uh, Benedict Matherin has translated way more to the NBA than I thought he would. I kind of thought he might have some limitations coming over from Arizona. He was very good there, but sometimes you just never know how these guys are going to transition from a college level to the NBA. And he's been one of the best rookies in the league, but he healed his play very well this year as well. And they defend pretty well. Um, I like the Pacers a lot, and I'm, I'm surprised at where they are in comparison to the other team I was really wrong about, which is the Philadelphia 76ers. And maybe some of you guys can comment on this. You know, it's been a tough year. All, all they really have is Joel Embiid, who has played once again, very, very well this year. But, you know, James Harden's out now. And even when James Harden was playing, he wasn't contributing the way you had expected him to. Tyrese Maxey has shown some nice flashes now and then but he hasn't been consistent enough to be a high point scorer every single night. And they sit below 500 and outside of the play-in bubble right now, just on the edge. So I'm interested to see what you all think about that and uh, where you, Aramis, are going for your surprise. Oh, my surprise. Um, so my personal surprise, um, Audrey, I need to apologize, send flowers, whatnot, because I thought the Suns were gonna be kind of booty this year, man. Not that they were gonna complete tank job, but I thought they were gonna fall off from the parts that they had been up on as one of the top teams in the West. And man, they've been proven, they definitely proved my black ass wrong. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just they got hey, their asses. Not yet. We if there's one thing the Suns can do, it's win regular season games, and we'll save that collapse for the playoffs. I'll have you know. No, that's that's my thing. I guess I uh, I really appreciate this season as um 
I, I'm not 100%, but I think hasn't Booker been been able to dish out a bunch more assists and has been getting better with his stats yes. this season in particular? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been – I mean, I, I really appreciated him. He's been really impressive. And overall, I thought, man, I thought Aiden was going to be a little bit more checked out after getting paid and after all the drama and stuff. But, man, they came to play, so more props to him. Indeed. Yeah, the Suns have really shown up. Um, I, I was also relieved to see the uh, l- apparent lack of, of falling out between Aiton and the team. It seems like the chemistry is there. I mean, honestly, there seems to be worse team chemistry on the Timberwolves right now than the Suns. And that didn't even have a, a, a historic collapse to proceed it. I mean, like Anthony Edwards, uh, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, they're all looking like they don't want to play basketball with each other. We're 12 games into the season. I think that might be my surprise of the season so far is just how bad that looks so early with no apparent like situation like that, like turn to like a team like the Nets, for example, like, yeah, you can understand why that would be falling apart. I mean, KD right now is on a streak, a historic streak of 25 point games. The first player to begin the season with 13 straight 25 point games since MJ did it in 88, 89. And they need that level of carry and they're still midway through the pack. So like that makes sense because of all the stuff that's happened that's blown up their drama. But for the Timberwolves, why are you guys already this bad? It's very concerning. You have a new addition to the roster in Rudy Gobert. One second. You have a new addition to the roster in Rudy Gobert. You have Carl Anthony Towns, one of the best shooting big men of all time, who's now freed up to play out of the paint a little bit. Anthony Edwards, one of the most promising young players in the league. And they all look like they'd rather be anywhere else than on the basketball court together. It's incredible. I, I'd love to hear if anyone else has any insights on why that's blowing up, but it's it's truly mind-boggling. I'll tell you what. I'm Anthony Towns as the leader of a basketball team. <laughs> this dude is – he's bad vibes central. His body language is terrible. He don't have a leader in the locker room. You know, he's his chicken publicly. It just – I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's what it takes to really gel a locker room. And Gobert has never really been that guy either. Anthony Edwards is still young in the league. I, I just I don't know if the locker room vibes really turn this thing around. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've been per- personally, I've been, I, I'm a big fan of Anthony Edwards as a player. He's really fun to watch, but I've personally been really unimpressed with how he's handled adversity early like he is like just really thrown all of his teammates under the bus it feels like every time he talks to the media so that that to me that's a little bit concerning that one of your young stars just has taken real responsibility for the season and has just thrown basically your entire organization under the bus for making a huge trade in the offseason I mean like my my bank my main question is now and as a buzz a bunch of at least semi jazz fans, how much of this is Rudy Gobert? Like how much of this like at this point? Like I, I know Donovan Mitchell's been putting out a lot of statements lately. Like you know we'd never hated each other. Like it was overblown, but I mean, like it really seems like more than a coincidence at this point that Rudy arrives and then all this stuff starts happening. Like maybe it's not, I'm sure it's not just him, but like how much of a factor do we think he's playing here in the locker room troubles in Minnesota? So I, I'm not gonna lie y'all. I'm very much here for Minnesota in general slander for um, 
them being a horrific basketball team since their inception. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with this way with it, and this ties into the point with Rudy Gobert. Um, you can expect to have a good team, I think, when you basically trade for another team's problem. And what they did was all of the perimeter defenders and Malik Beasley, with as well as um. Oh my gosh, homeboy for the Lakers now. Oh my god, Black Air Force Energy. I forgot. <laughs> forgot cuz his name, but y'all know who I'm talking about. Um Patrick Beverly. When you trade the two best perimeter defenders on your team <laughs> with a team with like well, like some for Rudy Gobert, who only defends one way, will not contribute on offense that much. And you expect a second uh second or third year guy in um Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell to be anchors for your backcourt defense. I think you have an issue there, man. Cat's not going to play no defense. Nobody else on that team is really going to play no defense. Jared Vanderbilt, another guy who could have helped out possibly on that and gone to the Jazz too. You traded literally everybody that could have helped you out on one side of the floor. And I think that really is messing up a whole lot of stuff for them, man. And that goes back to Rudy being just a big drain on a team if you don't have the right pieces for them. And how much of this too? Because I mean, that's you're right. There's a lot of big personalities on the squad, and a lot of people who you know will and won't do this or that. Is there maybe if if you're the Minnesota front office, are you worried? Hey, maybe our you know maybe our coach Chris Finch doesn't have the ability to kind of wrangle this all in and get guys to the roles that they need to be in. Like, do we see a forthcoming coaching change in Minnesota before they try any more player changes? Or do they just try to ride it out and maybe this maybe this gets better in you know three months from now they're you know in the top three or four and we're not talking about this anymore? Um I'm not sure. I'm not sure really. What can you what can you what coach is gonna come in and be able to motivate? I don't know. It'd have to be them, right? They'd have to find the right dude that's gonna wanna motivate Russell to play defense. I think Anthony Edwards can has the like all the physical gifts to be a first team all defense guy, but like Carl Anthony Towns could shuffle his feet a little bit better, even though he lumbering like that. Rudy Gobert, you know, three-time defense player of the year, baby. Obviously, it's not his issue. So, I don't know. It's got to it's got to be from somewhere. I I'm afraid it's from the players, but I mean, if you need to, go ahead and try that before you blow it up. Yeah. Okay. Can you imagine? I mean, this this wouldn't happen, but can you imagine the look on Rudy Gobert's face if they're like, "Hey, we're firing the coach." Um. We're firing your coach, and we have a new coach for you. And in the door walks Quinn Snyder. <laughs> like, what? What would Rudy Gobert like? Be like, oh my oh, god, man. not this again, man. I don't know. How did Gobert feel about? That? I, I, I've never seen problems in those. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with Ethan. And Ethan, maybe hop out and hop back in really quick. I think that might fix up your connection a little bit. But I agree with Ethan. Like, I, I feel like Quinn Snyder and Rudy Gobert, there was no problem between those two because w- the, the way that jazz system ran under Quinn Snyder was the entirety of the team, the whole thesis behind the jazz for the past three years um, was we're going to build around Rudy and we'll play from the inside out. And that's just the way the team's going to work. That was Quinn Snyder's defensive philosophy. So I I do think that if Quinn came in, it, you know, I I don't think it would be a massive issue for, um, for, for Rudy. I think that he and Quinn, you know, worked well together in Utah 
And I think he'd take that opportunity here. While we wait for Ethan to get back in, we'll move on to our next segment, uh, which I didn't really have a great name for it. So I just simplified it as much as possible into who's doing cool shit. Let's just talk about players who we're watching right now, who we think are at the top of their games that we're really into. I know we've mentioned a few already, but one in each conference, perhaps. Why don't we start with you, Aramis, and why don't we start in the Western Conference? Who who are you looking at right now, and who are you in awe of in the NBA? Well, in the Western Conference, um, we already discussed them, man. Um, big Jeremy from Portland going crazy over there, man. I So I thought he was more of an abstract idea than a real basketball player in a sense because doing going into Detroit and doing his thing there, he just kind of got to do whatever he wanted to, and they would just get their butts kicked um, relentlessly as the time would go on. But coming to Portland, man, all those skills that he got time to develop I mean, geez, like, I remember watching Homeboy on Thunder thinking he was just going to be a skinny, like, 3 and D wing, man. And now he's crossing up Zion, dunking on people, sinking game winners. I mean, it's just the perfect fit for him there. And I would have never thought that he would be the the godsend answer for Dame to revitalize his time in Portland like that, you know? I totally agree with you there. I think he's been – he's had a phenomenal leap uh, for a player that's this – far in his career at this point you know you usually don't expect the leap of this caliber but I mean I think it goes to show you know what a good a different situation what a good situation different players at a different system can really do for a player and how there are a lot of players in this league that might not be in the best roles for them right now uh and you know are underperforming or might be in an exceptionally good role and are performing better than they would on a different team which I mean we see a lot of the time like for example I think the when the Knicks signed Jalen Brunson to that massive deal and then he hasn't been playing at the same all-star level. I think you can attribute a lot of that to the system that he was playing in in Dallas and not needing him, you know, and letting him have Luca instead of Julius Randle as his, as his passing option. But I think my pick for player that's really stood out to me, I think does not get a lot of love, uh, get, is very underappreciated, is Shea Gilgis-Alexander on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, now, for those of you who don't watch the NBA very much, it's understandable to not know the name I just said. Uh, or maybe even the team I just said, depending on how casual you are, because the Thunder have not done anything of note since the James Harden, Kevin Durant, uh, Russell, Russell Westbrook days. Um, and they're probably not going to do anything for a little while. Uh, but Shea Gilgis-Alexander, uh, you know, point guard or shooting guard from Canada, just an absolute baller on a tear. 30 and a half points per game this year unprecedented from him making clutch plays and not just high volume scoring. It's translating to better games for the team. They're gluing it together. He's had clutch moments. He's playing smarter. I'm really impressed with SGA this year. I think they have a really fun squad to watch in Oklahoma city. Uh, they took the bucks. I mean, granted a Giannis list bucks, but they took the bucks to double overtime the other day in an absolute thriller of a game. You know, I, I I'm very happy to watch his development. I've been, I've been very high on him since he came into the league and I think he's going to do some great stuff. Yeah, I mean, SGA, is very, SGA is very good. I mean, he, he has been good for about the last – last year, you know, I, I watched pretty casually as has been established, but last year he really came onto my radar, especially the second half of last year. If you just box score watch, he pops up every single night basically. Uh, he's the leader on that team. He scores the most points, and he just plays – 
a fun and exciting style of basketball. And it doesn't seem like anyone can really stop him. So he's definitely a guy to watch moving forward. He's kind of establishing himself as one of the better young point guards in the league. I'm just going to throw out a popular name here that that's really impressing me, but a guy who I think has really taken the next step in his career from someone who's just most NBA fans know of to someone who's a truly dominant basketball player. And that's Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum has been just absolutely incredible this year. He can score from literally anywhere on the floor and is almost impossible to stop when he gets going. If you put the ball in his hands on any given night, he's going to find space. He's going to find the basket and he's going to score points. And I think that's, incredibly impressive for me Tatum's been the guy and whereas the Celtics could have imploded when they lost their coach they could have just said oh man this could go really poorly he stepped up as a leader and he's putting up you know damn near close to 35 points a night right now and they're at a they're at 10 wins already and the Celtics look like one of the best teams in the NBA they, they've just played extraordinarily well Ethan who, who who's who's sticking out to you right now in in the NBA who's who's the player that that you're looking at that you're like wow it's just crazy what they're doing right now yeah um Audrey kind of I was gonna say Shea Gilgis Alexander as well uh man it's been impressive but I'll pivot to a different one I had um on the this kid I cannot believe that the case traded him. Um, and man, he has just been showing up uh, for, for Indiana and why they've been impressive so far. He dude can really pass. He's got a ton of size for the, for a point guard. And I just think he's got essential. I mean, anybody who can make the Pacers fun to watch is a pretty phenomenal player. I think Halliburton's got a huge future. I think the Kings are going to be kicking themselves for that trade in the future. I think you're absolutely right. One guy that I think we have to mention in this segment before we move on to predictions, we're going to skip the news segment because that's just a little bit, yeah, blah. Mid-segment, boring segment. Boring segment. Um, Luca, I mean, you really cannot talk about the – NBA right now without talking about Luka Doncic have that stretch where he had nine games with 30 plus points the league leading scorer to me he's the MVP of the NBA right now Um, without him the Dallas Mavericks have legitimately nothing Uh, it is shocking that they are the sixth best team in the Western Conference if they had even like one other competent scorer, they'd be no doubt a top three seed to me. They are just really talent deficient outside of Luca, but still, it's impressive because he drags them to a win literally every night. And it's not just his scoring ability, it's his ability to run the offense and get everyone involved and do crazy things passing the basketball. To me, I, I, you know, in the West, 
there's no one better than Luka Doncic right now. I put him over Shea Gilgis Alexander personally. I think that if I had a vote in the NBA MVP race, I'd, I'd give it to Luka right now. Ew. For you having a vote for the MVP race. Anyways, my bet. So um, I have a quick question for y'all about the Luka love and whatnot. Because uh, he is clearly one of the best players out right now. He's an amazing player. Um, un- unfortunately, I'd have to agree with Eric about the MVP vote thing. It's just kind of gross. But I also want to ask y'all, um, do you think that that my homeboy's amazing play style will also kind of be a double-edged sword for Dallas as overall going forward in the future? Like, he does hold the ball a lot. He is the main generator of their offense. And we've seen guys do that and get – gassed out before when they're trying to go forward and do these things do you think that will ultimately be their downfall until he has to change it up or what y'all think about that I absolutely think so and I think I think the reason why is I am zero percent confident in their coaching and their ability to limit him minutes Jason Kidd is the head coach of the Dallas Mavs for those who haven't been watching um, replacing Rick Carlisle after a very long time uh, as head coach of that team and he keeps making all these statements like, yeah, uh, Lucas, you know, we're really concerned about like Lucas been falling a lot and like the hardwood's going to catch up to him. And oh, yeah, we're really concerned Lucas been playing a lot of minutes. Well, you're the guy who can fix that, Jason Kidd. And the fact that he's just kind of saying this stuff, and not really doing anything about it, and they still need to like rely on his heavy, 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 not just minutes, but usage and touches and possessions like the fact that he can recognize that but isn't making any changes to it show me that the Mavs are not capable of winning games, at least consistently, without a second piece. So it is, it's inevitable that, that he wears out and they get worse unless somebody else can step up or Jason Kidd can improve that coaching system and they're able to take him off the floor and still at least hold the, the margin or not let it get any closer or not let the lead expand uh, for the other squad. But I, I think that's just, they live or die by coaching on that one. And I, I don't have confidence in Jason Kidd as a head coach. I mean, he, he squandered what arguably could have been the first couple of years of Giannis's like dominance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do not mm-hmm. like Jason Kidd. So. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, it's going to be rough until they can get that sorted out, but you know, Kid's gonna kid, unfortunately. So let's just move on. We'll see. We'll see. I, I hope I'm rooting for them. I, I, as much as I hate the Mavs, I really do like Luca. I think he's a good star. He can be whiny, sure, but like you know, I'm I'm a Devin Booker fan, so I'm not I'm not not used to that. Um, and Manu Ginobili <laughs> for him. Like I, I like my I like my bitchy players sometimes, but you know, um, I, I think I think they'll be all right. Hopefully, you know, hopefully this the usage because the worst thing that can happen is the is the over usage leads not just to him getting worn out and decreasing value, but to an injury, and that's the last thing you want to see is him getting work to the bone and then he you know tears an acl or something and you just have to you know that that would just make everything worse no 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 definitely don't want homeboy getting injured absolutely let's take a look at the nba through the next three i'm gonna throw out four or five games here and i just want us to kind of go around very quickly don't have to provide a ton here i just want to know where you're going if you had to pick these games Tomorrow, big day in the NBA, as per usual on Mondays, Atlanta Hawks, Milwaukee Bucks, very big game in the Eastern Conference. The Hawks have looked really good over the past two or three games. The Bucks obviously sit at the top of the Eastern Conference. How are we feeling about this game, Aramis? 
well, man, the Bucks are gonna come smack them Hawks down, bro. I don't, um, I mess with the Hawks, man. I think they're a little feels like fools gold, although I like the addition of Dejounte Murray. I, well, that's just more bearing the heart. I think the Bucks are gonna take it, man. I think the Bucks are gonna take it, and I think Javon Carter is gonna score another thirty six on him. That's my prediction. Audrey. Uh, it depends, honestly, um, because lately, and I'm trying to figure out the timeline. Um, I I don't I don't know if they're gonna play Giannis. He's been hurt. Uh, Drew Holiday's been out as well. Chris Middleton's been out as well. So that's all on injuries. I I think I'm a lot higher on the Hawks and Aramis's. I think they I think the addition of Jonte Murray uh really bolstered up their wing defense um and has really made them a more well-rounded basketball team. Um. I think they absolutely have the capability of beating the Bucs, even if Giannis plays. Um, but obviously the odds go way down if Giannis plays. Uh, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game. I'll give you that. I think I think that's going to be an entertaining game. I don't think you're gonna see a blowout either way. I'd be very surprised if that was the case. Ethan. Yeah, uh, we have the same brain, Audrey, because I was just looking at Giannis's injury status. Um Looks like he's going to be ready to go tomorrow. So I'll take the Bucks in that case. All right. Same here, but it'll be close. I'm telling y'all, man, even if Giannis ain't there, Javon Carter going to drop another 40 piece on somebody this season. Let's go. That is military grade copium, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. What, else, what other great games we got going on? Let's see. Yes. We got. Oh, oh you got it. Go ahead. Sorry, no, no, lead I, just, us off. I, I just wanted to make sure everyone got their points in there. Uh, Suns, Heat, I wanted to throw this mainly to Aramis because he was really high on the Heat preseason. They've been a little bit slow to start the season, but they're they're not per se a bad basketball team. Do you think that they'll be able to compete against a pretty good Suns team here? Um, It depends on if they feel like it or not, to be honest with you. I think they're one of the teams that – are in the regular season, they ain't going to give a fuck. And then when the postseason comes on, they're going to try and turn it on. I say try because I don't know if they're going to be able to have it all like that. I, I'm Like I said, I'm high on them earlier. Like I said earlier this season, I'm high on them. I still hope they're going to do good. But the Suns are a tough task, man, so I'm, I'm going to have to go rock with the Suns while they're kind of in their little struggle bus phase that he's are right now. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like you're right. I think the, the heat is definitely like a – a uh, are they gonna how how hard are they, how hard are they gonna try for this? Um, I, I think there's one stat that both of these teams are excellent in and lead the league in, and that is uh, scuffles and fights per game. So I think if you can count on one thing in this game, it's probably gonna be very chippy, very scrappy. You got a lot of a lot of very aggressive, a lot of you know a lot of good shit talkers on these teams. I don't I, you know I I don't see them getting out of this game without without some someone pushing and shoving and getting ejected. You know how NBA fights go where they, they they talk a big talk, but very rarely does it extend beyond pushing. But I think you're definitely going to see a lot of that uh, during this game. These teams do not like each other. Memphis, New Orleans, Ethan, I'm curious what you think just briefly about this one. Man, uh, Memphis, New Orleans is going to be a good one. I'm excited for this matchup. Um the Pelicans have been up and down to start the year, but I really like them. Uh, in New Orleans, I think I'll take the Pelicans. All right, Aramis. Um, 
And this uh, evaluation is 100% facts, y'all. Just want to let you know. Um, so ever since Memphis got their new jerseys uh, that depict a hip-hop album on them, you know, Diamond and Crusted jerseys and whatnot, I don't think they're going to lose another game. They're going to win rest of the way about winning 80 games or whatnot. So y'all can pencil them in. They're going to blow out uh not blow out they're gonna whoop on uh <laughs> pelicans and i think jaw's gonna dunk on zion i mean you're objectively right those jerseys are fire as hell um those jerseys are pretty great i, I love all the details that's one of those jerseys where you look at them at like face value and they're like all right i mean these are cool and then the more you learn about them the cooler they get um i i love those those jerseys in spite of that i i think the pels have this one um the pelicans got a very deep team very fast they all, they all of a sudden went from like, yeah, there's a couple of good pieces, but mostly young guys to a bunch of reliable, certifiable scorers. They got CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, hell, like even like Jonas Valanciunas, like they got those second year players and Herb, jo- Herb Jones and I said Herb, Herb Jones and, um, <laughs> and uh, uh, um, Jose Alvarado. Uh, coming off I I don't I, I mean granted maybe it's just my son's fan trauma from them almost taking us out in the first round last year um I think the Pels win this uh I love this I love this Grizzly squad though don't get me wrong I think they're awesome I think this is going to be a very close game but I, I think the, the Pels pull this out finally here just two games on Wednesday kind of rapid fire thoughts on both of them Boston Atlanta in the east Golden State Phoenix in the West. We'll finish up with you here, Ethan. Yeah. Uh, Boston Atlanta is going to be tough. I think I'll take the Celtics here. They've started off the season great. We mentioned how well Jason Tatum's playing. Um, I think the Celtics should be able to get a win on the road there. And then Golden State Phoenix, I'm really looking forward to. Like I kind of mentioned earlier, I think the Warriors will be fired up for this game. They have two games against the Kings and the Spurs before then. If they win those two, they'll be on a four-game winning streak heading into Phoenix. Um, and I think with the way that the the trash talk kind of transpired the last time these two teams matched up, I think the Warriors will be ready to play. So I'll go with Golden State. Fights per game, baby. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, I think leading in here, um, yeah, I am also gonna have to take the Celtics and Celtics Hawks. I think one theme that we talked about a lot today is players. Uh, playing well or even continuing to improve despite tumultuous circumstances. The Boston Celtics had a less than ideal offseason uh, with Jalen Brown drama around vaccines. Uh, Ime Udoka out as their head coach after an inappropriate relationship. Uh, you know, lots of Robert uh, Robert Williams getting a, a pretty serious injury. And through all that, they've come out strong. I think Jason Tatum is really resilient and really is sticking to it. Uh, so I think they're absolutely going to win. And then I got to take the Suns over the Warriors, but, you know, I think L. it's not – I yeah, well, you know, I Go. think it's not going to look anything like the last time we saw these two teams face off. I think the Warriors are doing making a lot of adjustments and settling in, and I think teams are getting used to the Suns and their rotations. So I think this is going to be a lot closer, a lot more competitive, but I think you're absolutely right. Again, there's going to be a bunch of fights, and someone's going to get tossed. I, I For some reason, I don't think it's going to be, like, the usual characters. I don't think it's going to be Dre. I think, like – I think maybe I guess Steve Kerr is gonna get tossed. He's kind of a usual character. I think he's gonna get tossed. Mark my words. My money's on Jordan Poole and DeAndre Eight. Get Ooh, double teams. That's a good one. That'd be dope. I want to see Steph flip off the Suns crowd going out this story. So that'd be fun. I'm gonna rock with the sorry, I don't rock with the Warriors on that one. I think they want to get their get back. I think they want to get their revenge. Man, Clay wants to shoot a dagger in Book's face and 
peace out and all that stuff. So uh, it's gonna be a fun matchup. Four rigs. He got and, four. And Noah, <laughs> yeah, that was that was four certifiably. Like, like, how could you possibly shit talk anybody who can just hold up four fingers at you for the rings? That's pretty Tell great. him again, Clay. Four. I mean, yeah, he was right. Like, Clay's correct. Um, I mean, he was right, but then Booger did get to laugh his ass off the court as he went to the bench getting fouled out. So yep. eh, comes the um, the other thing, too, to consider during that matchup, no Chris Paul for the Suns, most likely. And he has been essential in them closing out fourth quarters. He kind of puts the nerves of the younger guys, the less experienced guys, to rest, it seems, and runs the system at a level head uh, in the fourth quarter. So especially against a team like the Warriors, who are so deadly, if you take your foot off the pedal at any time, I think that might that might make a difference as well. Well, that All right. was my step flipping off people predictions, so my bad. Never mind. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. The it's hasn't happened yet. It's got to be Chris Paul, though. You know what I'm saying, but oh well. <laughs> this has been fun, as per usual. I think we've covered a lot. We've talked a ton about the NBA. We've learned a lot, and we we've, we've had a good time and, and become closer friends while doing so. So, you know, all wonderful things. Thank you all so much for joining me. Everyone, we will be back uh, probably two weeks before Christmas, I'll say, and uh, to chat more about the NBA and look at some of the Christmas matchups, which will be upcoming soon. Anyhow, thank you all for listening. We will see you next time. Peace. Out. Peace.